okay, I'm going to go ahead and uh, share my screen. We have a short lesson tonight. We're going to continue on uh, the fullness of Christ. Um, so I'm going to share that with you here. So hopefully you're able to, I'm going to make it fit a little bit better. And then we are uh, going to start and actually be in Acts chapter 20. So if you can turn to Acts chapter 20, um, this is where we'll be tonight. So far, we've looked at a lot of spiritual disciplines. We've looked at different ones, different spiritual disciplines where we inhale the Spirit, where we exhale the Spirit. Um, we've talked about uh, reading the Bible. We've talked about evangelism. We've talked about uh, meditation. Um, we've talked about simplicity. And now we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline uh, of fellowship. At the end of the book of Acts, Paul uh, is, is leaving the Ephesian church. And let's go ahead and read here in Acts 20, verse 36. Um, Acts 20, verse 36, it reads, when Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them who, uh, all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Kos. The next day we went to Rhodes and from there to Patara, we found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia went on board and set sail. After sighting Cyprus and passing to the south of it, we sailed on to Syria. We landed at Tyre, where our ship was to unload its cargo. We sought out the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including wives and children, accompanied us out of the city. And there on the beach, we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. We continued on our voyage from Tyre and landed at Ptolemy, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. Leaving the city, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. And just a reminder, Will, to make sure you record. Um, so Acts chapter 20. Um, we get to see Paul at the very end of the book of Acts, um, and tonight we're going to be talking about what fellowship, what it actually looks like to exercise to grow in the discipline of fellowship. One of the problems, I hate to say the word problem, but one of the issues with the word fellowship is that it has all these different meanings in our English language, and one of the things we can think about with, oh, let's go fellowship is sometimes like, let's go um, have conversation, let's go have light connecting conversation with fellowship, and so um, I got this idea from someone else, but just to kind of change the idea up, the spiritual discipline of fellowship, uh, we changed up the, the, uh, to a different phrase. And that phrase is not like a better phrase, but I think it helps us understand what exactly we're supposed to do with fellowship. And just like the first Christians in Acts 2 devote themselves to the apostles teaching, the breaking of bread, the fellowship and the prayer, uh, that word fellowship is koinonia, which is the idea of mutual sharing. And that idea, I think, comes across with the idea of spiritual friendships. How are our spiritual friendships? Um, and as we, as we bring the gospel and as we get to know the gospel deeper, we get to know that we're not only going to dive deeper into the heart of God more than we ever have before, or dive further into the hearts of a hurting world ever than we have before. We're also going to dive deeper into the heart of friendship than we ever thought possible before knowing Jesus. Um, and, and, and there's really three points for us tonight in this area. One is that spiritual friendships are needed. Uh, two is that spiritual friendships are discovered. And three is that spiritual friendships are made. 
Um, friendships are difficult nowadays for a couple of reasons. I think that sometimes people sadly can feel, actually train themselves or make themselves want to not need friends. And maybe that's because they just had a lot of friends move away. Maybe it's because um, they're getting older and they just, it's just a lot of work and a lot of time to build new friendships. And so sadly, it can be easy to act, to not build and take the time to build deep friendships. Um, and what we find, honestly, in the world today and in a lot of churches and perhaps even in our churches as well tonight, as you sit there listening to this, you may be craving more friendships. You may be feeling lonely. You may be feeling like you want deeper, uh, more rich spiritual friendships. Um, and the first point is that spiritual friendships are needed. You know, I have there a picture of Paul being let down out of a basket to escape capture there. The book of Acts is all about the chaos and trouble of Paul's life in a lot of ways. I mean, he's escaping here, running away there. And what you see at the end of the book of Acts is Paul actually spend a lot of time with friends. And what we just read was him going here to spend time with people, him going there to spend time with people. And this is all what we just read in the book of Acts, that Paul is just spending a lot of time with friends. And the reality is, is that needing or desiring friends is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of health. One of the incredible things about uh, Genesis in the fall is that Adam is actually lonely before sin enters the world. So loneliness is not a result of, of sin. And sometimes it can be. Maybe our sin is making us lonely because we're breaking relationships or hurting friendships. But the desire for friendship, the desire for intimacy, the desire for connection is actually not a result of sin. It's not weakness. It's actually a sign of health. Adam was having the best quiet times you could ever imagine every day and was still lonely um, because there is something that there's in paradise. We still need each other. We still need friendships. We still need connection. Um, and the reality is, is that the less, the less we want friendships, the less we like people, the less like God we are, the less like Jesus we are. Most of why did God create the Bible? Why did God, everything that happens in the Bible is really about God trying to help us have friendships, help us be connected. God in, in and of himself is part of a trinity where he, even though know, in the beginning, you know, in the beginning was the word. He was with God in the beginning. That This idea of mutual community is all who God is. He's not just alone. He's part of us, right? He's part of this group of we, this, this first person plural. But the reality is, is that a lot of us can, can feel lonely. But I want to encourage you tonight is that if you're craving deeper friendships, if you're desiring deeper friendships, you're not dysfunctional, you're not weak. Uh, you actually, it's actually a sign of health. Um, one of the things about friendships, though, is that I think a lot of us can feel like we don't need friendships. Um, but friendship, friendships are something you don't realize you need until you need them. <laughs> um, it's kind of like air, you know, you don't walk around thinking, I love air. I need air. Air just helps my brain. My brain couldn't function if I didn't have air. My lungs, my lungs love air. Oh, I just love air. But you don't, you don't think about air at all until you're drowning. And then you love air. And then you're, all you can think about is air. And it's kind of in the same way with friendships is we can think we're fine until we're drowning. And then it's too late it's too late to build a deep friendship when you're drowning. And so we, that we need to build deep friendships. We need to become aware that this is important. Um, and we need to, by all means, let ourselves need people. We've talked about this before, but a lot of us can feel like we give, give, give 
but we don't actually let people love us. We don't open up. It's something I've been trying to grow in is I need to be open. I need to let people into my heart, let them love me. Loving, loving people is not just about me doing everything. I need to let myself be loved. The second point is that uh, spiritual friendships are, are not, just, um, not just needed, but they're discovered. You know what's incredible about this is when Paul gets to Tyre in this part of the verse, he's actually arriving in churches that he did not plant. And you know what's amazing about that is Paul's arriving in churches that he did not plant, staying at their homes, and you know what they're doing? is they actually told him, we don't think you should go to Jerusalem, uh, which is incredible. Uh, these, people are, these people are strangers to him. He doesn't know these people. Uh, and, and I think that that's an important thing to remember because a lot of times in our world today, we can think, I can't be friends with somebody unless we like the same things, unless we do the same things. Uh, or, or even scarier, I, I want friends because I just want friends. And sometimes if we want friends so badly, if we bow down to the friend, you can never actually be a real friend if you're bowing down to the friend. It's kind of a, the essence of friendship is that you need to be friends with somebody because you're both bowing down to something else. That bowing down to each other, being friends for the sake of friendship is not real friendship. Um, but when we actually are bowing down to something else, and this is what happens in Christianity, is that you're actually able to have friendships with people that you never would have otherwise imagined ever having friends with. And this is the power of grace. Grace is the most powerful, formative um, power in the world, right? And so when we actually experience that with Jesus in our times with God, we're able to actually have gracious friendships. What does that mean? It means you're able to be friends with people who actually don't have anything in common with you. You're able to show people grace. You're able to actually have a deeper connection. You're actually able, able to discover friendships. Um, wow, I didn't even know this friendship was here. We have nothing in common, but we have, we're both bowing down to the same thing. If you want to see a picture of spiritual friendship, look in this passage, right? Right when we started off, what's Paul doing? He's bowing down. He's praying. He's crying. He's, he's, he, this is a picture of spiritual friendship, to be together, to pray together, to, to connect on something other than our shared experiences. And this is something that you hear a lot, right, is I need to be with people who have the same interests as me. I need, to be people, I, I need someone who, who has the same, likes the same thing I do. The beautiful thing about friendship is that in Christianity and in the church, they're often discovered. They're not made. They're often discovered. Like, oh my goodness, this friendship popped out of nowhere simply because down to the same thing. C.S. Lewis has a pretty great quote about this, which says, that is why those pathetic people who always want friends never can make any. The very condition for having friends is that we should want something else besides friends. If someone asks you, do you see the same truth? And the honest answer is, I really don't care about that. I just want to be your friend. Then no real friendship can possibly arise. Those who have nothing can share nothing. Those who are going nowhere can have no fellow travelers. There is no, no such thing as friendship for the sake of friendship. But then if we actually bow down to something greater than us, if we actually love God and we experience grace with God, then we're able to be great friends. You know, the reality is, is that with, I, I can tell you if you are experiencing the grace of God. Start listening to me many friends you have that you would never otherwise have if you weren't a disciple? If you can't list any, you're not experiencing the grace of God. 
you're, you're not experiencing the, the grace of Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus, Jesus is somebody who needed friends, right? God needed, needed friends. He, Jesus, the fact that Jesus needs friends is incredible throughout the entire Gospels. But I want to give you that challenge tonight. Think of people in your life. If you're a mom and only, you're only, your only friends are other moms because you can only talk about motherhood, are you really experiencing the grace? If you're, only a, if you're a Yopro and all your other friends are only Yopros, if you're an older gentleman and all your other friends are older gentlemen, if you're wealthy and all your only friends are wealthy, you know, this is a great way to tell, are we experiencing the grace of God? Do we have friends that we'd never otherwise have? And lastly, friendships are not just made, or sorry, not just discovered, they're made. So you might say, well, that's a contradiction. Well, really, it's a tension. Friendships can be discovered, not just made. They can also be made, not just discovered. And a lot of artists know this. This is a block of marble. But, you know, God gives us the raw material to work with, with friendships. It's automatic. But we, we actually have to do the hard work to make the friendships. The beautiful thing is that, like the block of marble, God gives it to us. God gives us automatic friendships when we enter the church. A lot of us, when we became disciples, it was amazing how many instant friends we had. I mean, it really is incredible when you get baptized, how many instant friendships you have. But we also realize that those friendships don't just stay there, you know, uh, in perpetuity for the rest of our lives. We have to do the hard work of, of building deep friendships. And uh, one of the things about this passage is it's incredible uh, is that friendships are made. And, and, and the idea here is that uh, friendships are made um, in different ways because we share in different ways. The word fellowship in the Bible just means is koinonia, which just means to share, to share. What does Paul share in this passage? What does Paul share in this passage? You know, first thing he's doing is he's on his knees, he's praying, he's weeping. Sadly for me, and very scary for me, and a lot of other men, is that you have to share your feelings if you're going to have a deep friendship. And not just men, but I know that that can be a hard one for us in general. But if you're going to have deep friendships, you have to share your feelings. You can't be, you can't be friends unless you share your feelings. Now, that's the other thing that that's happens in this passage. This is a challenging one. This is a challenging one. Paul goes to Tyre with people he does not know. And they're telling him they don't agree with his decision. Paul doesn't say, that's none of your business. Paul doesn't say, that's my personal business. You can't tell me what to do. That Paul actually, they're able to actually have a, a conversation. Now, earlier in the passage, Paul says, the Spirit made it clear to me to go to Jerusalem. We just read the disciples entire through the Holy Spirit, tell him not to go to Jerusalem. But we don't see one side saying, I'm right. Holy Spirit told me, you're wrong. We don't see that because that's not friendship. We actually see Paul open up his decision-making to people he doesn't even know. And the people he doesn't even know feel like they can tell him, we don't think you should go. That's, that's a grace-based friendship. Are we sharing our decisions with each other, our decision-making process with each other? Can you imagine if somebody you didn't know was like, I don't think you should take that job, or I don't think you should date that girl, or I don't think you should, you'd be like, you don't even know me, right? But that's, what, that's what's beautiful about these discovered relationships. But you can't be friends. You can't be friends unless you're willing to share your decisions. What else is shared? Uh, things. Paul is staying with people throughout this entire process. He's staying at people's homes. You cannot be friends unless you're willing to share your things. What else is shared? Faith. That through this time, Paul is, is 
once again praying. He is weeping. He is, uh, he is encouraging everyone around him. And one of the great passages about encouragement, Hebrews 3.12 says, encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that you're not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That word encourage is, is the word exhort, really, which can also mean to preach to, that we need to have spiritual people in our lives to preach to us um, in times. I've talked to so many people, and it's, it's so easy to just, and it's so heartbreaking, too, to hear people say they want to they leave uh, church because, because they just, they, they, they made a decision on a, based on a certain way, and they just, it's their own private decision. But I think when we share our faith with each other, when we open up each other, we let each other, let each other into our decision-making, and we cry together, we pray together, and, and, and we share those hard things, you know, this, things that I don't like talking about because they're embarrassing or they're frustrating or there's no easy answer. But I've noticed that when, when other brothers and myself open up our lives to each other and share those things, um, that we're actually we're able to listen to each other, even if we disagree, and still yet be like the Spirit is speaking through both of us, even if we don't come to the same conclusion, we're still able to be unified and not have to separate. It is amazing in the book of Acts how many goodbyes there are. The whole book of Acts is goodbye, 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 goodbye. Like people are leaving each other all the time. And I think maybe there's something there about like when we're, when we're Christian, when we truly have the gospel, these friendships don't ever die that there will be, the kingdom is bigger than just our own short local purview here. And then finally, uh, what what are we supposed to share? Not just feelings, not just decisions, not just things, not just faith, but to share our time. Friendships are hard work. There's there's no way around it. Um, Friendships are really difficult work, and, and I think that we have to be able to set aside the time to build friendships. And uh, I want to encourage you today, don't buy into the world, the world's perspective on friendship. Everybody is lonely out there. I mean, it is an epidemic of loneliness. And now in the time we're going through, that is even greater than it ever was. And I pray that this is a time for us to exercise the discipline of fellowship, the discipline of spiritual friendship. You know, there's different things to do, you know, different ways to be able to do that. Um, whether you're Will Schaefer and his idea for the brothers to do a workout every day and text each other their quiet times, that's spiritual friendship. Whether it's a coffee once a week, whether it's men's coffee, mom's coffee, women's coffee, whether it's a phone call or a voice text or an email or a prayer walk 10 feet apart, I pray that we're able to still share our feelings, share our time, share our decisions, share things and share our faith together. Um, So right now we're going to shift to our breakout rooms. And I want to just ask a couple questions. One is, do you crave more or do you crave deeper spiritual friendships i'll put these in the chat so people can see them in their groups and which of the five things listed above which of the five things five things we are called to share um, is most difficult to share with others what do you find most difficult to share your feelings your time your things Um, and, and we'll be able to actually stay in these breakout rooms for a good while i pray that in these times that i want to encourage you if you can it really helps you know, to turn on your camera, to make eye contact, to be considerate, um, you know, uh, if we, you know, as best we can in these times to, to give, our, give, our, give each other our full attention. Um, and so that we can have these spiritual friendships, um, um, even, even in a time such as this. So, um, amen. I pray that we can uh, know that this is a sign of health and not a sign of weakness. 
Thanks for listening to the Blue Ridge Podcast. My name is Will Portillo, and if you'd be interested in more resources like this or connecting with us, visit us online at blueridge.church or connect with us on Facebook at Blue Ridge Church of Christ. Visit us on YouTube and subscribe for weekly sermons, encouraging news, and short devotionals. Thanks for tuning in, and see you next time.